Hey everybody, welcome to the book leads impactful books for life and leadership. I'm your series host and leadership performance coach, John Jeremillo. This podcast series is about getting to the books that have impacted the lives and people of the people in my network, colleagues, friends, people that I've come across on my paths. So these are great leads uh, I'll be interviewing to get to these books that I want to know about that have influenced them, that have inspired them, that have motivated and driven them. And there's three categories of books that I cover in the series. The first is a book that they're sharing with me that I haven't read at all that they're schooling me on. The second is a book that we've both read, uh, whether specifically for the series or one that we've read separately in our private lives, past lives. And then the third is if it is an author or a publisher of a book and they want to get that message of that book out there. Today, I am lucky enough to have an author on. So my guest in this episode will be Katie Wood. Katie's a thought leader, entrepreneur, and author of A Simple Seed, Journal of Growth, Gratitude, and Giggles. In 2014, she transitioned from a 10-year career in teaching special education to fully embracing entrepreneurial life. Katie speaks frequently at training events, schools, and is also developing several business ventures. A Simple Seed, her journal, has been ranked a bestseller on Amazon, number one in all children's books, number one in happiness, self-help, and number five in all books. The journal has been featured on The Today Show, NBC, Entrepreneur Magazine, and podcasts such as The Story Behind Her Success with Candy O'Terry. Additionally, Katie is was invited to Entrepreneurs on Fire, an award-winning podcast with over 100 million listens every month. And is, that podcast has had guests such as Tim Robbins, Seth Godin, uh, Gary Vaynerchuk, Barbara Corcoran and Tim Ferriss and Katie Wood. So it's this murderer's row of uh, business and motivation and inspiring people. Among her successes, Katie credits her most rewarding roles as that of mom to her four wild and fun-loving kids and as a firewife. I was introduced to Katie by Darren Tilley, founder and chief of possibilities at Ignite Happy. And I interviewed Darren for episode 21 of this series for his book, Live Your Possible, Ignite your happy, authentic self and live a fulfilling life rooted in joy, inclusion, love and possibilities. And it makes sense that these two great people know each other. And it makes sense that the, the theme of their books is possibility, is growth, is development and learning. Uh, it just makes perfect sense that one would introduce me to the other. And I'm lucky enough to have met them both. So, Katie, so uh, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having me. I, I think this is amazing and it's a total honor. Thank you for being here. No, no, no. Honor's all mine. Um, Katie, why don't we start with who you are today? Can you provide a little more information about what your work looks like? I gave a little bit in the bio, but what does that day-to-day -day work look like for you uh, with the people that you're helping? Yeah. So, you know, if, if we go back, um, my story kind of goes back to my teaching days. So I was a teacher for 10 years. Um, I taught in the South Bronx, all the way to the nicest neighborhood in, in Massachusetts. So all different walks of life from elementary to middle to high school. And when I taught, I always remember wanting to teach more mindset, wanting to teach kids more how to think than what to think. Mm. And I never really knew how to do that. And that was always a theme in my mind. And then I'll tell you, um, I left my teaching career after 10 years and because my life was changing, we were starting to grow a family and um, I had four kids, teaching no longer made sense. And so I started an at-home business and I decided to now um, run work around my family. My big aha moment 
um, came during COVID when now I found myself homeschooling four kids. My husband's a fireman, gone all the time. And I have, you know, four kids, eight and under, including a newborn, (laughs) you know, it it was complete chaos. And I knew that there is so much power in how you start your morning. It literally can change your entire day. If you just learn how to set the tone, focus your mind, center your heart. And we were spinning out of control. And if I knew this worked, well, how have I not taught my kids? And I knew COVID was the chance to do that. Um, and so my daughter one day came down, my second daughter, and, and while I was doing a morning routine, asked me, can you teach me how to have special mornings? And that's when that light bulb went off. And I knew inside me that this is something I need to focus on. But I will tell you, if I'm totally honest, I hit the Google search bar. I'm like, great idea. Let's look for a morning journal. Like, let's find something that has mindset and positive self-talk and gratitude and maybe like a joke to make us laugh and a way to connect. Mm -hmm. And I came up short. I found, maybe I found, you know, I found a gratitude journal only. I found a mindset journal only. I didn't find something that encompassed all those things in a short amount of time to just give us that powerful start. And that's where the entrepreneur in me took a very deep breath and, you know, and I knew if it didn't exist, you got to create it. And that's how we started. It started on a piece of paper, um, just writing down these ideas. And as I started to share it on social media, my inbox flooded of, of parents being like, this, like, where'd you get this guideline? Where this is, I want to do this with my kids. And that's when I knew there was a greater need. Um, but it really just started out as an idea to really help my kids focus on that mindset and starting the day right. And it led to something bigger than what I imagined. From when you from when you knew you wanted to now turning it turn it into a book to when you finished it, how long did that take? Uh, it was a two and a half year process. Okay. Okay. Um, but uh, I, you know, like I said before, there's a lot going on in our life. Um there Oh, of course. Listen. Very, yeah, I'm not I, I am not judging at all. I only have three, a seven and a half, a four-year-old and a 10-month-old. I'm the last, I don't ask because, (laughs) I don't ask because I'm judging. Trust me. The fact that you could do it with four, with a firefighter as a husband, that's absolutely insane in a good way. Yeah, totally. And and it took a while, but I guess in the big picture, you know, it's not a long time in the big picture, but, um, you know, it's definitely those little pockets of the day to find that momentum to get the ideas from here, you know, your brain to your paper. Not easy. Absolutely. So when it comes to you, what was it that, what did your path look like in life? Whether the biggest motivators, drivers when you were young, was it, you know, was it family? Was it friends? Was it serendipity? Was it it that kind of off chance of the universe? What was it? What would you say? How did your life not life from day zero, but for instance, schooling, like what did, what, what, where did your path start to get to now? Yeah. So I can tell you, I was very blessed to grow up in um, a family that did focus on mindset and taking risks. So as a child, I saw my parents uh, take a lot of risks, start new businesses, start over, they were never really, a, well, I'm sure they were afraid, maybe they didn't show it, but they would, they were go-getters. And I think when how you grow up is kind of like all you know. So if you grow up seeing it, you kind of are more, you know, likely to one day go for it yourself and vice versa. So um, my when I look back at my story, I'll tell you my biggest aha moment um, came when our third daughter had a major surgery. So 
she, when she was two years old, she was a very complicated baby. She had a lot of complications. Um, she had something called craniosynostosis, which is mm -hmm. the sutures of your skull, they fuse prematurely and it doesn't allow your brain to grow. And so she required a major surgery at Boston Children's Hospital um, to reconstruct her whole skull so that her brain could grow. The seven hour surgery, made mm. you drop you to the floor um, and required a blood transfusion. I mean, the works, they literally saved her life. But the months leading up to that, so when we found out what she had till when she had that surgery, my mind spiraled all the places it shouldn't. I went to dark places. I found myself thinking negative, thinking the worst. Um, and it wasn't, and that was the moment where I will tell you, it's usually our rock bottom moments that something beautiful always, you know, comes from. It's like the lotus in the mud, right? And in that moment is when I discovered the power of a morning routine and how Elrod and how that miracle morning of when you get up, um, I started getting up at five in the morning. I started reading something positive. I started practicing gratitude. It would be dark. It would have a candle. I started to pray. I started to meditate. I really started to notice after a month of doing that, a mindset shift. Mm. I started to, you know, see more signs in the universe that gave me that reassurance she'd be okay. I started to spiral and then be able to stop my mind and turn it around. I started to um, do more good and then receive more good. I really started to see how the universe worked and how much control we have over our minds. And it, that was the most pivotal moment of mindset in my life because I was able to turn a really dark situation into learning how to trust my life, learning how it was rigged in my favor and seeing the good in the dark. Um, and that's really where this journal came from of teaching kids that you can control your mind and you can choose to have a positive day and set the tone. And when all hell breaks loose, you can find the good. You can't, you can, you know, you can't control yeah. what happens in your life, but you can yeah. control how you react. Yeah. And it's not, you're not just leaving the reaction for the moment. It's like, it's like a martial art. You know, you're practicing it day in, day out so that when you need it, it's like it's not you don't have to recall it. It's just muscle memory. It's just uh, that's what I would assume. I'm not I'm not as disciplined as you in that that morning routine. I mean, I, I really ought to uh, just because the pandemic has taken the toll on on me. I'll admit that. Yeah. Um, but it just that's the one thing that comes to mind is just that constant practice so that when something does go sideways, uh, you know how to react. Uh, and it's more prepared than than the rest of us just kind of trying to steamroll through our day and, and remain standing. So I applaud you for that. Yeah, you know, it, it really teaches kids to be more proactive than reactive. Mm -hmm. I'll also say it teaches adults as well. And it's the concept of early bird gets the worm. I know it's a cliche quote. We've never really thought of the deeper meaning Listen, behind it. Listen, I love it. cliches. I love cliches. <laughs> I think we get sick of them just because they're you know, by definition, cliche, like it just like senseless yeah. words that don't mean anything. Yeah. But if you have a good story, a good lesson behind yeah. like what we consider one, a cliche, I mean, cliches get a bad name, but I know that there's great stories out there that, that kind of demonstrate their yeah. power. Yeah. So before we dive there. into the book, exactly. Before we dive into the book though. So what did your path look like? Did you go, I know you were an educator. So did you go to, to college for education to teach? Yeah, so I went to Providence College, um, 
And I went to become an educator. I got my degree in um, both regular ed and special ed. And then I went on to get my master's in uh, literacy. Um, but, you know, Providence, Providence was a crazy, unique experience. I went to that school. It's interesting. So one of my entries that I can talk about later is how I chose Providence College. And my dad, you know, I couldn't choose. I couldn't choose which college. And this is a great little tip to help you make decisions because making big decisions can be really difficult. But my dad had taught me this flipping a coin trick. And it came down to flipping a coin to choose this, this college. And you have heads or tails. And he said, flip a coin, you know, heads is Providence, Tails with Scranton, those are my two colleges. And in midair, after it's sitting there without looking if it's heads or tails, pay attention to what you hope it is because we always hope it's one or the mm. other. Always deep down. Or, or if it comes out on the other side, you're like, ah. That's right. <laughs> and you're like, oh, I kind of wished it was heads. And yeah. it's a really great way to tap into your intuition and your gut that always knows that sometimes we don't pay attention to. It's a nice physical example. And that's how I chose Providence, um, which is where I met my husband, I ended up walking onto the women's basketball team, which was an incredible experience. So, so many good things came out of that. And I think I always knew it deep down. I just didn't know how to make that actual decision until that moment. And I'll tell yeah. you, it ended on the wrong one. And it was me being like, oh, I wish it landed on head, which was Providence. Yeah, when you first started, you're like, my dad taught me this 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 exercise to flip a coin. I'm like, where's she going with this? Like mm -hmm. a, a coin toss. <laughs> but but you're right. I mean, as soon as you can bring emotion into something like that, you yeah. really know where where your your heart stands. So that's a yeah. that's a good one. I got to remember that. So yeah. okay, you go to Providence, and then what? So I went to Providence, and then I um, taught in New York City, and I taught um, all different walks of life. It was an incredible experience. And then I actually went on to live in Europe uh, with my husband who played hockey um, over in Europe for a couple of years and then started my teaching career, left that to start an at-home business, led to the, led to the book. You know, I, I don't think we ever know our path. I think if I look at my path, it is so all over the place. It's not, <laughs> I'm not doing what I went to college for, Yeah. but the, but the beauty is, if you have, you know, I think a lot of us, it's very hard to pivot with our life. So all of our, our life is constantly changing, but so many of us, you know, in my twenties, teaching worked for me, but it didn't in my thirties. And a lot mm. of us will stick with the same career our whole life, even as our life changes and we become unaligned. And I think having that courage to pivot with your life and, and not be afraid of what doors are ahead of us. You know, who knows what will lead you? Well, listen, I mean, you had sent me a copy of the book. I haven't started it yet just because I'm trying to stick to like one book at a time. But yep. I want to do this. I want to do this with my son. Um, yep. And a reason that I appreciate this is because we weren't taught that. What, you, right. what you're just saying, you know, yep. we if, if our career isn't laid out perfectly by yep. script, where if I follow step one, two and three here, it'll get me to step four, five and six there, which blah, 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 blah. So if we if we come across that uncertainty, we were never taught how to deal with that. We were never. No. It was like you're teaching. We're teaching you this to get this grade, to get you in that school, to get you that career, to get the family that looks like this and this yeah. kind of neighborhood. So what? And and it, and, yeah. th and those are like life skills that we never got. Okay, what if that doesn't fucking happen? And it never does. It never <laughs> what if does. that doesn't happen? Yeah. Um, 
so I, I love this this whole idea of your book. And we'll, again, we'll get that into that. But this is just something that stood out so much in conversations that I've had on here where I've had authors such as yourself. And it's kind of like, this is the work that they're doing. They're training, they're coaching. And I'm always thinking, okay, how can we apply this to kids? Do you know what I yeah. mean? Because kids are getting great educations. Yes. But like, they're not getting life skills, this kind of mindset mentality. Because if you think about it, uh, the time that I went to school, the time that what you, that you went to school is much different than what kids are coming up against now. Oh, yeah. yeah. Technology, social media, all that toxic yep. bullshit, like all that stuff. So I, I appreciate that. And I, I can't wait to kind of dive into that. Yeah. And, and, you know, here's the thing with kids, too. The stronger you are internally. So, like, we all know life's an inner game right? Nobody cares about your car, the size of your house. True success is inner peace, being comfortable with who you mm. are and making a difference in this world, right? Like that is the ultimate goal. I think it takes a, a lot of us a lot longer to realize that. Yeah, yeah. The younger you realize it, where you don't have to climb that ladder and realize it falls on the wrong side of the wall one day. Like the, the earlier you learn this, the, the better off you are. And the stronger you are mentally and internally, mm. the less likely you are to feel you have to fit in and have to follow the path that, yes, you were taught and so forth. Because if, you know, paying attention, if so many kids today are so stressed, depressed, anxious, it has never been higher. And the sole reason for that is because they're unaligned mm -hmm. with, with who they think they should be. And it's really teaching kids how to align yourself and how to think and how to do what's best for you. You know, just because my husband's a fireman doesn't mean my little one's going to be a fireman. Like you're not here to be him. I hope you are, you are here with your own gifts, your own, yeah. you know, vibes, your own, this is your life. And just because he played hockey doesn't mean you have to play hockey. Like this is who you are. And our role as a parent is just help you find those gifts help you find what you love and then never let you forget it as society tries to change you one day. Absolutely. And I think that's one of the favorite lessons, my favorite lessons that I can teach my kid that I've actually had that conversation with is like, he may get discouraged that a friendship didn't work out or yeah. um, so-and-so was making fun of them or they won't let him play in that group. Um, but I, I, those are the kind of lessons that I want to impart on him. You know, like you yep. said, you can't tell him this is what you need to do, but it's like, you know, buddy, like the world is yours. You know what I mean? Don't lose who you are. Because what I've noticed, Katie, with most of my coaching clients, and I've written about this, is that they lose like that dream, that hope, that, that yeah. inner vision they have as a kid. It gets educated out of us. Uh, we trade it for job descriptions and they lose that genuine internal happiness because they follow yeah. those society's examples and script for so long, just like you said. So setting that tone now that you can, you really can make it what you want, but you gotta, it's like, you gotta start now and make it that you habit do. or else it's harder you to do. learn later. That's why we learn, teach them to wash their hands, brush their teeth. We teach them these habits. So it sticks with them for life. They're a blank slate. They are so, you, you know, you want to teach a kid a language. When do you teach them? When they're mm. young. Their brain is the most likely ready to adapt it. So why are we not, as parents, spending this time, this critical time in life when their brain is developing, teaching them how to center themselves and attract more positive and change their mindset? And when they are in a hard time, how to see the lesson and find the good and not be afraid of failure. All the things we as adults 
spend our life unlearning? Why are yes, we not yes. teaching our kids to, to give them an advantage in life? Because, you know, they say, you don't do the work from zero to 18, you're going to spend the rest of your life cleaning up their mess from 18 on. So it's yeah. like, pick your heart. Well, you want to put the time in now or you want to put the time in later? Absolutely. Absolutely. <clears throat> okay. So after, after teaching, what, what made it, what was, um, was there a particular moment that stood out that made you want to switch from the teaching to being home? Yeah. Was it just the, the kids or was it a moment or, or what was it that, that it kind of jostled you in that direction? So I was feeling really unaligned. I was going to teaching to school and I, and I, as a teacher brought 110%. And as the second baby came, I found myself crying on my way into the school. I found myself like waiting for the daycare lady to send a picture. I found myself not really present with the students I was with. And that's not fair to them. Mm. And my biggest aha moment came when my daycare lady sent a picture of my second one in a swing outside. And I lost it. I, she had the biggest smile on her face. I had not seen her smile like that. I've never seen her in a swing. I spiraled. I literally went down this, oh my God, I just, like, this should be me. Like I, I, it, and that doesn't mean every mom feels that way or, and you should feel that way. Like that is, it yeah, was a yeah, yeah, feeling, yeah, yeah. you know, not, I don't want to make anyone feel guilty. Nope, it was a absolutely. feeling in me that yes. set off this fire. And, and I didn't ignore that. And I really paid attention to why do I feel this way? And I just felt it was just not fair to the kids I was teaching, not fair to their parents, that I, my heart wasn't in it anymore. I really wanted to be at home. I really wanted to get that entrepreneur in me. I wanted to find something to work around them. And I took the leap of faith and, and took that chance. And, and I'm very grateful I did because it's led me to this path that I never in a million years would have thought was ahead of me. So even though you zigzagged, never in a million years did you think that yep. this would be ahead of you. Is there yep. something? Can you trace it back? You know, to like your dad and that coin lesson. Does it make sense that you're here, even it though it wasn't planned? It wasn't. It was a zigzag. Does it? Can you look back and say, okay, because of yeah. my upbringing or this, it makes complete sense that I'm doing this. It, it makes complete sense, and you know what? I think that's for everybody. I think there is this amazing path for all of us. It's like you got to really pay attention to those feelings, pay attention to the signals life will give you. I think we don't pay attention because we're so, our, our minds are so busy. You know your best ideas, John, your best ideas, they're when you're sleeping, in the shower, or when you're on a walk <laughs> or yeah. meditating because your mind is silent and you're finally listening to mm. what you really want. You're finally hearing it. Those best ideas always come when they're silent, this is that we don't take the time to be still and pay attention to how life is talking to us. Cause we're just so go, go, go to the next thing. We don't know how and to listen. We don't know how to receive don't. those ideas because we we, we've always thought that you have to like put your, your nose to the grindstone and, and you have to come up with something. You have to like push it out. You have to create something. Correct. You don't think of it as like just being silent and letting things come for you, come to you so that you're relaxed and you're not, you're not using your energy trying to come up with something. You're like Correct. nice and relaxed. and That's right. And you're just open to it. And when I look back, it's so ironic. So I loved teaching, loved it, right? And then I loved being an entrepreneur. And now here I am 
with this journal that's created for homes and now our second journal is created for schools. And now I'm going back into the school. It is a full circle moment that now I'm going to start speaking to schools. So, you know, teachers are using this journal and it's full circle and I'm back in the school, but I'm back on my time and on my path. And so yes, 10 years ago, I would have never seen that, but I always trusted my journey and I paid attention to the clues life was throwing me because life is throwing all of us clues, all of us clues. It's just, you got to be open enough and willing enough to see them and accept them. Um, and that's working on yourself. That's how that happens. And you I mean, there's, work that, on you. there's that fear of failure too. Yeah, of course. It's a What I've said in the last couple of years is like, it's amazing that we were always taught the scientific method of experimentation, right? And then sure. they give us an experiment and say, what's your hypothesis? Okay, get to work. Yeah. Oh, yep. Okay, it didn't come out that way. Okay, what can you yeah. fix? You took yeah. notes. Now what? How are you going to change it? How are you going to tweak it? So we learned the scientific method. We did experiments with bullshit we were never going to see ever again in our yep. lives. But we never learned that process for ourselves. And that's why we yep. have this fear of failure. Like, Because all we envision is our class moving on without us. Yep. You know, that's like the only time you really have a failure is, is you fail the class. Like That's what it's called. It's called the failure. But sure. that's programmed in our heads that if something doesn't work out, it's like that's what gets recalled is that fear of of people seeing something different in you. But people lose out so much because they're not experimenting. They're not trying, especially when it comes to something that they're so passionate about, but they still have that fear and they want to hold those cards to their chest. Yeah, that's that's right. And that's why you got to work on yourself every single day. So all those books behind you, I've, I've read 90% of the books behind you. And every time you read, you get like this, oh, like that's an interesting way of looking at failure. <laughs> yeah. And you, you know what I mean? Like no one's ever taught me that. Wow. The fear is actually really, the, failing really actually is not trying, right? You're either going to do it and fail or you're going to spend the rest of your life with this, this dream you have that's haunting you until you're older because you mm -hmm. never took the chance. So what do you want? You want to take the chance and fail and be like, all right, well, failure just means I didn't do it right. Let me try again. Let me pivot. Right. It's like, it makes you, every time you read and, and work on your brain, it's that neuroplasticity. Your brain mm. is constantly changing. It's cut those neurons are making new connections every day, but they're only making those connections when you put the time in and read it. And when you have that, oh, moment, you're like, wow, like failure actually isn't a big deal. Let me just try again. It's just life telling me you didn't do it right the first time. doesn't mean you yeah. failed. You've been figured out. All right, try this time. And, and it just helps you get a little more confident and a little more, all right, like, you know, I can do this. Yeah. And comfortable in your own skin because you sure. look at opportunity, you look as pos at possibilities as opportunities. You get excited yeah. by trying new things. That's right. Kitty, before we sure. jump into your book, I try to ask all my guests, what does leadership mean to you? So, you know, I think leadership to me is, I think when you are someone that can, like we've been saying, know you have a dream, know you have a purpose, know you have something in you that's just greater than yourself, right? Not afraid to take the road, the, you know, the road less traveled. When you actually have the courage to do such a thing, you are just setting the carpet for other people to do the same thing. And that's leadership to me. So me walking the walk, because more is caught than taught, right? I could teach my kids all day long, unless I'm walking the walk and mm. taking risks and putting myself out there and being vulnerable and 
trying new things, they're not going to do it. So it's, it starts with me. So I look at leadership as having that, that being that person that has the courage to follow your heart and go for your dream and take that, you know, take that leap. And so that my daughters, or my son can be like, all right, if she can do it, I can do it. And you just allow other, you're almost opening the door for others to say, okay, well, maybe I can too. Because I really believe when you limit yourself, you limit everybody else. And so if I never had that courage to do this book, if I really listened to the voice in my head that actually told me I couldn't 10, 15 million times, then I would have limited the thousands of kids that now get to start their morning off like this. Because- yeah. I limited myself. It means everybody else loses. Yeah, some of the some of the examples and lessons I, that are most fun for me, or not most not most fun, but that I look forward to most are showing my son, telling him that I've been scared. Mm-hmm. You know, when he's like, "Daddy, have you been afraid? What are you afraid of?" And I tell him, "Yep, oh yeah." Um, or, "Daddy, you know, did you ever do something and it didn't work?" Um, something yep. you wanted that you didn't get. Yeah. Like I, yep. I want him to, to just kind of, you know, cause I grew up, my, my family's Colombian and in that culture, like, you know, the, the men are very stoic it, traditionally it's very macho culture, blah, 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 blah. Sure. Um, so my dad never had those conversations with me. My dad was very loving. He wasn't that type, but he was very stoic, very cheerful, yep. funny, you know, love laughing and so on. But he, he and I never had those kind of conversations. I don't feel like I know what he, went through in his life. I wish I had asked him. I, for whatever reason, it escapes me. Um, but one of the most valuable lessons I want to show my kid is like, listen, man, holding on to like all that fear, holding on to that. You might be embarrassed because something didn't work out. It's going to cost you so much. Sure. Well, not, not putting it in that way, but kind yeah. of sharing so that he sees an example of, you know, hopefully his father, Saying, yeah. yeah, I didn't work out. It didn't work out. Yeah, I failed, you know, so yeah. I'm going to go back and try again. Or, yeah. you know, I'm going to surround myself with the right people with the right energy to allow mm -hmm. me to try again. What yeah. this person's making fun of you because you tried something that didn't work out. You got to be careful who you're surrounding yourself with. Like yeah. that kind of mentality. Those are the kind of lessons I, I can't wait to share with them because it's amazing how much we limit ourselves. Even those yep. lessons I'm trying to teach him, I didn't really thoroughly, thoroughly learn those until maybe 10 years ago. Yeah. You know, where it's like, okay, I'm afraid of failure. What has that gotten me throughout my entire life? And what does yeah. it cost me? Enough of that bullshit. So That's I right. want to kind of ingrain with him that it's okay. Like, you know, you got to surround yourself with the right people that you trust to be that vulnerable, but mm -hmm. it is what it is. I mean, you just gotta, like you said, life is just telling you, you didn't do it the right way. Let's try again. Yeah. It's a different way of looking at it. And you know what? I give you courage for being a chain breaker. You know, like our parents give us two gifts, what we want to be and what we don't want to be. And both mm. are gifts. And to be a chain breaker is one of the hardest things because how you grow up is like, it's all you know. So for you to be like, listen, I was taught that, but I don't feel with me and I'm going to yeah. show a different way. And I yeah. think that is so powerful. And I, I wish there were more chain breakers in the world. And it comes because yeah. you've worked on yourself. Yeah, I mean, it was a very cultural thing. My dad showed us more love than anything, but it can't, you know, and he was working double jobs and whatnot. Yeah. So it's like, you didn't really have time for that. But, and I don't, I don't fault him for that at all, but obviously growing yeah. up the way that I did in society, the way that I did, there's a different need, like generations sure. are different. So yeah, 
Um, no, so thank you for sharing that definition of leadership. So you've told us about the book. I mentioned the book. You told us a little more about the book. Why don't we dive into the book? Can you introduce it and just kind of give us, you gave us a good background, but I guess what can we find in the book? Yeah. Yeah. So you know what? It's, it's, it's a roadmap. So it's a roadmap to connect parents and kids and teachers and students um, on a deeper level. So, you know, it starts off with, there's a hundred entries and it's intended to do one a day. It's five minutes, you know, not to find more time. It's just to use your existing time a little differently, like while they eat breakfast. The whole concept is to really teach them how to be proactive in the day. So they read something positive. There's a quick life lesson about failure, you know, holding the door for the person behind you, kindness, you know, taking care of our planet to the power of I am, all these life lessons that we want to teach our kids. And maybe we just don't think of them at the time. So it's like the lessons are done for you. Short life lesson. And then there's a box for gratitude. I really believe to my core, gratitude is the most powerful thing you can teach your kids. I think at a young age, the more you can teach them to be grateful for the little things in life, to pay attention to what they have instead of what they don't have. You know, gratitude is a superpower. It is impossible to be fearful and grateful at the same time. So you're just mm. ingraining in these kids how to just wake up and say thank you. Like, thank you for another day. Thank you for a bed that actually let me sleep, which is a luxury a lot of kids don't have. And then, you know, we're very blessed to, to live in a country that provides us with a lot, but Flicking on a switch and bam, there's electricity. A lot of kids don't have that. You know, yeah. running water is a privilege we take for advantage, we take for granted. Mm -hmm. And so you're just teaching kids gratitude because it just sets you in a mindset to be thankful for what you already have instead of want, 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 want. And then there's a box of I am encouraging kids to start paying attention to the voice in their head. We all have a voice in our head, you know. We need, and it's usually negative. 80% mm -hmm. of what we think about is negative. And, you know, I'm so tired. You know, I'm not good at this. What follows your I am comes back and follows you. It's a boomerang. So if you can actually hear yourself being like, I'm so tired, and then catch yourself being like, all right, I am ready for the day. You're telling your brain that, okay, you're ready. And when you tell your brain you're tired, your brain's like, all right, well, let's stay in sleepy mode. Yeah. And you're, you're just being proactive. You know, I'm not good at this yet. I'll get there. I just, I just need to keep practicing. You're shifting your mind and your thought and your mind will work for you or against you based on the thoughts that you have and what you tell yourself. And that's really important to remind them every day. And then there's a little challenge. You know, my kids do not walk into that school building without remembering they need to be kind to somebody today. They got to be brave somehow, which means asking a question when you don't want to, and they need to do the right thing. And those are the things that remind them every day before they walk in. They high five mm -hmm. the principal, like they are intentional because kindness is not something that just happens. You mm -hmm. need to be intentional about it. Being brave doesn't just happen. You need to think about it. You need to be like, oh God, I'm scared. And your brain's gonna tell you, yeah, don't, don't do that. But if you remind yourself, I gotta do hard things, you'll put your hand up. And it's just teaching that at a young age because you and I both know life's going to throw so many hard things at you. And then there's a joke to make them laugh every morning because there's so much power in, in humor. And then the last section, and this is all done in five minutes, especially the older you are, the self-readers is quicker. There's just a parent perspective. And it's, it's, hey, dad, you know, I just read about failure. Can you tell me a time you failed? 
and it's where parents get to show their true color. Ah, you know, and okay. parents. Parents See, I like say, that so that kids don't think that what you're teaching them is no, bullshit. That's, that's what I right. like about it. That's what I that's like. Right. That you're not that's just right. preaching. You're living it along with them. That's right. Um, I like that a lot. Well, mom, tell me how you failed. Dad, you know, tell me which friend wronged you and what you did about it. Oh, wow. My dad lost a best friend also. Like, I don't feel so alone. Oh, dad's yeah. okay now. It opened another door and another friend came into their life. And it's just. It's seeing us on a more real level. The last thing we want to do is raise kids to think we were perfect. We all know absolutely, that yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to over sanitize their world and make everything safe. You know, like you, no. like you've mentioned, you want to prepare them with the right tools. Yeah. Um. You know, so I don't want it to be a dangerous world for them, but I want to, as you've mentioned, instill the right tools so that. They're picking it up. Yeah. So that they're ready. It's never, this isn't, I think it's come up in a different conversation on here as well. When we're talking about tools for kids, it's never to make their life easy. No. You know what I mean? Cause I, no. I think an easy life is, is, is just as dangerous, but it's to if prepare them. Yes. If not more. Absolutely. Absolutely. Cause they're, if it's easy, then there's no preparation there. Correct. Correct. Uh, and it's just enabling. It's just giving them the toolbox to be ready. Like I, like I said, it's not teaching them what to think. It's teaching them how to think. Okay, well, I just got cut from the baseball team. I'm never playing baseball again. Whatever the reaction is. And instead, it's, okay, I got cut. I either need to, A, work harder, or, or B, find the lesson in this so I can come back as, as a stronger person. It's just it's teaching kids how to react differently i think that's the biggest thing instead of feeling like a victim of the world so like why me mm -hmm. you know it's, it's teaching kids this is life you know it, it's life's way of talking to you and preparing you to be stronger to grow your character we all know character grows in hard moments and it's yeah helping kids see that in the moment instead of looking back one day and we know that there's something to be said about um starting something you know what yeah. I mean? Like getting going, getting up and going, getting up and going to the gym or getting up to shovel the driveway or start writing that chapter that you're supposed to for your book. It's it's amazing yeah. how everything that we don't want to do, as soon as we're like a few seconds into it, yeah. it kind of just coasts from there. That's that five, four, three, two, one that I sent you and you were yeah, like, yeah, oh, yeah. you responded quickly. You interrupt that thought pattern and you just do the hard thing. So I look at it this way. Like if you learn to do the hard things, your life will be easier. Yeah, and if you always do the easy things, which is what your brain will tell you to do, because your brain is just a million years old, created to keep you safe. doesn't want you to do the hard things. If you learn to get past that, you're, you, you know what I mean? Like your, your life is, it's like working out. No one ever regrets the workout when they're done, even though yeah. it's, Sucks in the middle. It's, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. you know, it's like you either do the workout or you make time one day to deal with the illness. It's like pick your heart. Yes, hard. yes. <laughs> I like yeah, exactly. You pick your heart. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, shit. I just gave that lesson to my kid uh, like a month and a half ago. Like he asked me a while. All of a sudden, I started hopping on the the bike in the basement and doing crunches yes. and all this other stuff. He asked me why. I'm like, listen, I went to the doctor. He said my numbers weren't, they weren't bad, but they want to put me on medication. I asked him how, how long I have to turn that around. And they said, we'll yep. call you in four months. So I'm going to, I'm just going to do that. I don't, I for myself, again, and as you mentioned, this, this works for me. This is my mindset. This is my thought process. I don't want to be on medications. 
So if I, if I can handle it without getting to that point, I'll do that. So now I've been going down to the basement, you know, putting on that fucking clothes, getting down there and pounding out, you know, uh, 50 minutes on the bike and whatever at lunch. Um, but I like showing him that, listen, something came along in my life. It's not good. Uh, it could be much worse, but it's not good. I'm not happy about it. So what am I going to do about it? I'm going to take these steps and do what I got to do, you know, and it sucks. Um, my friends are like, you know, cause we're, we're sharing in a, a group conversation, our updates on our workouts and whatnot. And they're like, how are you, how are you sticking to it that much? I just said, listen, cause I got to the point where I'm, I'm fed up. I got to do what I got to do. And I got young kids, man. I'm not, I'm not a spring chicken yeah. anymore. I got to be around yeah. for them. So yeah. there's a lot on the line. And if it, and I could easily go out to the bar and drink beers and have wings, sure. and, but that's going to be, like you said, pick your heart, Katie, exactly. exactly what you say. So do I want surgeries and, and, and heart stents and all that bullshit later? Or do I just yeah. want to control it now or try to control it or do my best to control it? So that's, that's, right. that's my motivation for that. And I yep. love being able to show him that, listen, it's, it sucks. It's hard. It's tiring, but that's, it's what I want. And if it's something yeah. I want, just get started. That's the worst part is just get started. It, it always. It, it, I literally tell my kids, it's all hard. It's one of our probably most popular entries in here. Pick your heart. You don't want to study? Great. Then show up tomorrow not prepared when the teacher hands out the test. Which heart do you want? That's the worst feeling. <laughs> that's, like, that's what which, I said to my kid too about summer school. Because he had to take like, and I know he's young. He's only learning how to read. Um, but he does, he uh, after after school for homework, he doesn't like reading. So when he was in summer school for reading, that's I said, buddy, every day when we get home and you don't want to do it, it's your choice. But remember, remember last summer when you were spending more time in school than off with your friends. This is something that you can, if you choose, do the work now. It's it's exactly that example. Like it, it's come up. Choose your heart, hard now right. or right. or losing out later. So I, I so that's a lesson that. I mean, I love all the lessons for different reasons, but that is probably one of the most powerful ones. Mm -hmm. And I say it to my kids all the time. And now when I say it, we've been doing this for two and a half years. They're like, they'll kind of do a little like, like, all right. And they get it because they understand for every action, there's, you know, there's a consequence, there's a reaction, like no matter good or bad. So it's, if you just get to choose which, which hard do you want? I literally tell my kids everything's hard. Like it's all hard. <laughs> making the team is hard yeah. and doing the work behind the scenes when no one's watching. And you know what? Not making the team's hard because you didn't feel like doing the work. Like it's all hard. So it's like, which, which path do you want to take? You know, writing this book was really hard. Not writing this book and forever knowing it was in me and I chose yeah. not to do it. And then one day on Shark Tank, which we all do, we're like, that was my idea. Well, <laughs> Joey got to work. Son of a bitch. Son of a bitch, Joey. But Joey did the hard thing. So it's it's what's harder. Looking at your idea that someone else now had or doing the work. Katie, you know, you know how palpable regret is. It's much harder. Much harder than any palpable ever hits your body. It feels like you just experienced whatever it is that you regretted. It's horrible. It's harder than any failure, rejection, I invention. It's harder than anything you'll ever do. Regret is, I think, I, I, it's like the devil. That's what it is in my eyes. 
So when it comes to this list, is it organized in a certain way? Is it ranked? Are they batched into sections or, or, or like, you know, these 10 fall under this theme, this 10 under a different theme? How did you how did you go about organizing that? Yeah, so it's simple. So the reason it's called a simple seed, number one, it's simple to do. And number two, it's simple to not do. Pick your heart. It's simple to pour into your kids every morning. And it's also simple to just not do it and be like, all right, just get off. My mornings are crazy already. Just get your shoes on, make the bus. Mm -hmm. Like that's, it's simple to not do, but it's, it's simple to do. Mm -hmm. And it's giving them, the seed is like giving them those strong roots because mm -hmm. when storms hit trees, that's when their roots grow. So the, the trees with the strongest roots have been hit by the most storms. And that's because trees have this universal knowing that they need to latch to the ground when the, the winds start to change. And they grip the ground so hard to stay up and they, that's how their roots grow. So, so their roots grow only when the storms hit. Are you making that why, up? Are you making no, that up? You got to look it up. It's so How powerful. am I just learning this now? <laughs> so the roots grow when when storms hit. And so that we're giving our kids these strong roots mm -hmm. for when life, which is part of life's menu, it's inevitable. I think COVID taught us that. When life slaps you in the face, what are you going to do about it? Mm. And that's where you need those roots because that's the foundation of who you are. And so it's, it's formed, it's simple. So here's the power of teaching kids to let things go. You know, you don't learn to let it go, then you got to live with it. Mm -hmm. Lesson, gratitude, here's the I am, the challenge, the giggle, who can I make smile today? Forgot to bring that one in, but that's all about, you know, when my kids get home from school, I never ask them about their tests. That's never the first mm. question. My first question to my kids when they walk in the door is who did you, whose day did you make better? Because kids that. will grow up knowing what your values are based on your questions. So if I, my most important question is whose day did you make better? Who's like, who, what, what did you, how'd you go out of your way to make someone else better? Yeah. Teaching them that serve mentality, right? They grow up knowing kindness and doing good is way more important than any test you'll ever get. But if you, but it's the, the reverse works too. You say, you know, what, what was your test? Like you only got a 70. What do you mean? You're telling your kid your school, your academics, your school is number one. And, yeah. and if you is don't you, is that, you, yeah, you, that's right. And it's not you. And it's how you, you know, instead of what do you want to be? What do you want to do when you grow up? The question really is like, who do you want to be? And then pick your job around who you want to be. What hmm. aligns with that? Yeah. What was I going to say? Uh, I had a question in mind. Sorry. It'll come back to me. No, no, it's Sorry. all right. It's all right. I didn't want to jump in and interrupt. Um, Maybe it'll come back of the first I'm question sure it will. you asked. Them. I'm sure it will. Next time I will interrupt. I'll say, excuse me, but I'll interrupt. Sorry. No, it's all right. Um, there was something that I wanted to keep saying about the, the kids actually doing it. Um, but it, I'll, I'll come back to it. Um, what were the, what were the lessons that you took away from writing this book, Katie? In the pro, like the, you, the actual writing of the book, um, whether it was about writing itself, whether it was a, about maybe your discipline in writing it, whether it was reinforcing this, I'm, I'm assuming that the as soon as you started typing and and making up your list of ideas that the the list in here, um, 
and maybe it just kind of wrote itself like you it opened up your mind's eye to to what it really means and it opened up for examples that you could throw in there what was that what did you learn in the writing process of the book yeah um oh my god it was much harder than i realized i think going in ignorant was a beautiful thing um just not really knowing what it would entail um, I'll tell you, nobody writes a book unless they need it first. Um, every book behind you means that author needed it. You know, David Goggins needed to, the can't hurt me. Like David mm. Goggins needed that, you mm -hmm. know, and his release was writing this book. And Carol Dweck on mindset probably needed a growth mindset. And our family needed some structure because our life okay. was complete chaos. And the goal of this is chaos to connection. When I look back at how I came up with these lessons, I think a lot of it was from my own life and my own experiences. Mm -hmm. I then grouped a, about 2000 women that I found through social media and posts and um, just the following I had grown through my business. They were all on a Facebook page and I started asking my audience, um, tell me what are the lessons you, you, you have, if you could teach your kid one lesson, what would that one lesson be? You know, if, what is the most important lesson you've ever learned? And started batching all this data from all these moms, dads, you know, who wanted to put in the work to make sure our kids had these lessons. And everybody has a different lesson, which I love because everyone has a different story, right? Of what connects to them. And then I, from there, I gathered the 100 most important lessons, which come from taking care of the earth and how important that is to don't stepping on ants because every animal, every living thing has a purpose to mm -hmm. knowing that life is rigged in your favor. Start learning to trust your life, like all different lessons, but they didn't just come from me. And, and, you know, and that's a humbling experience. And I'll tell you with this book too, I'm so grateful for this opportunity because this book doesn't spread alone. You can only do so much by yourself when you realize like you need everybody, like we're all connected and, this book really isn't about me. I know my name's on it, but there's a lot of people that put some good stuff into this book that helped me along the way that I can <laughs> humble myself and say, thank you. Okay. This is where I interrupt. Cause I remember what I was going to yes, say before, go. but it's triggered by what you just said. Good. Um, the humanity yeah. of it all. The pandemic showed us what yeah. uh, humanity was and what it wasn't organizations, bosses, being understanding people, what they were doing for their family. Just, you saw, you were paying attention. You knew which companies were doing what, which bosses were doing what. Yeah. Um, and what reminded me of that idea of humanity and the importance of it was just you saying, as opposed to asking about the test, the technical, the discipline, who did you make smile today? Whose day did you make smile today? Like the soft skills. And to me, it's like that humanity has to come first before, I mean, yes. it's going to come simultaneously, but it has to be there as a base, as a foundation, yes. because all the other stuff, the technical, the discipline, the leadership that can be taught, but this, this has to be, it has to be those roots. I think the leadership in general has to be built on a strong foundation and that metaphor, that picture that you paint of the tree and the roots and the storm that's what that is is just kind of like that humanity because um anything that's professional anything that's technical like writing that can come and go but who are you who's what is your character that is what i heard when you asked listen do i ask about the test or do yeah. i ask about whose life they made better who whose day yeah. they made better 
And that's that importance of humanity. And again, the pandemic, I think, I hopefully we haven't lost what that means, but I think during the pandemic, we really learned how important it is to have that humanity um, and how just key it is for just everything. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's a reminder, no one's better than anybody. At the end of the day, like a U-Haul doesn't follow a hearse, right? We're all ending up in the same place. And, you know, my husband being a first responder, having to literally put their life on the line and those nurses and, and, you know, and it was a reminder. It's like, and a lot of CEOs just had to sit down and, you know, and it's like humbling. Like, you know, you always, it was a reminder that at the end of the day, every single person serves a person, a, a purpose. Mm. Every, no one's better than anybody. You know, everybody Absolutely. has their, their path, like that you need to figure out. And it's just, you're, you're right. It's, I think the kids who learn to have those strong roots and humanity and humility and who grow up with that serve mentality, I want to make so-and-so better. I honestly think I'll put money on those kids going 10 times further than the kids who come home with the A plus and can't have anything but an A plus. Yeah. I'll put my money on the kids that are going to go make the world a better place for overall happiness, everything. Yeah, no, that's, that's, yeah, that came up in that example. So I appreciate that. So and what's you know another uh, little like, cool thing I want you to know, because I think you'll like this. Sure. The roots underneath, <laughs> they also yeah. connect with other trees. So if you look outside at trees, the roots, if you look this up, they say there's a whole web underneath the earth that they all connect. And it's just, I, I honestly look at nature and think every life lesson you need to know is right out there. Oh, absolutely. And, I, and it's earth school. We just, we need to learn from the trees. We need to learn from, you know, how the life is trying to show us, you know, how to, to live better and fully and, you know, aligned. And it's, simply, it's and simply, simply, because we overcomplicate everything. everything everything right. so no right. i can i can that's a great example because yep. um and i think that's what that falls into that idea of gratitude of just kind of instead yeah. of forcing forward and building something like a, you know the example of whatever a skyscraper or whatnot just yep. appreciate the value of the tree or the fields or the grasses or the animals that were there before that um that's right just appreciating the simple simple seed yeah. i mean that's what it that's what it comes down to that's that's what i think i've learned and that's what plays into my gratitude is just when i would have been maybe frustrated that things weren't working out exactly how i wanted i was always going towards that goal ah this isn't playing yeah. out like i wanted and i yeah. and i wasn't i wasn't grateful for you know i always tell my immigrant story on here my parents coming to this country but my parents would have been ecstatic like this to me i've reached success and my success is a house in the mm -hmm. suburbs, healthy kids. I can take vacation healthy. days. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I can take vacations, paid vacations. Um, I don't have to work paycheck to paycheck or live paycheck to paycheck. I don't have to work multiple jobs. So, yeah. I mean, that and, and my dad passed away um, coming up on a, a little over two years ago. So, I realized how much of, of me, mm -hmm. how much of my work is him. Mm -hmm. Um, but I appreciate like Jesus dude, like step back and realize like what you have and it's for them. It's all for my parents, but recognize what you've had, what you've built That's with right. their help instead of fucking killing yourself over yeah. 
you know, what is might be possible, but that you haven't attained yet. Like, yeah. stop, slow down, bro. <laughs> Take yeah. a breath. Yeah. Um, so I've heard about gratitude for years, even before the pandemic. I'm like, I don't get what that means. But then, oh, it's the best thing you can do. You know, the, the pandemic best. kind of just drove things. It took you out of your comfort zone and uh, yeah. it, it limited what you could do. And you had to go inside yourself to kind of seek out yeah. your priorities, what you were grateful for. So I appreciate that very much. Yeah. And, you know, a little a little trick to gratitude. Number one, I, I teach it in a way that it's the little things in life you often take for granted. So I do. The kids cannot write. I'm grateful for my family, my house, the house every day. It's got to be something different every day. And yep. it's got to be something that you nor normally wouldn't pay attention to. So like my kids will write, you know, I'm grateful for French toast sticks. I'm grateful for the spoon. Oh, yeah. I'm grateful for oxygen. I'm grateful for my bowl for cereal. Things that you take for granted, right? And then I teach them to close your eyes and now imagine your life without that thing. So imagine never having a spoon. Like, mm. you, how, like, how would you eat your cereal? How annoying would that be? How messy would it be? And they, they just look at things differently. And I'll tell you, the aha moment where I knew my kids were getting it is when we sat down for dinner and we said our prayers. And one of my daughters was about, they had like a little burger, french fries and salad. And she goes, I'm grateful for the farmer who helped, who helped bring the potato to make these french fries. <laughs> And huh? she's seeing, she's, and she used to just take the French fries and scarf them down, which is what kids will do. But she learned to pause and see that these French fries would never be here if there wasn't a hardworking farmer that grew that potato. And then thank you for the sun and the rain and the soil for help growing the potato and the process it took to get onto her plate. And it's teaching kids, you like humble yourself. You're, you're one small part of the world. You are this big. And yeah. there is everybody working together for each other. There is someone that you'll never meet that gave you that French fry. <laughs> and just thank them. And thank them. And, and they do that. They will literally send out these vibes of like, I want to thank them. And, and it's, just a, it's a beautiful thing. It's connecting us and knowing and humbling yourself and dropping your ego that the world does not revolve around you. Yeah. So what's next for your writing, Katie? I know you said you're working on a version uh, of this book, I think. Uh, what was it? It was uh, for so, students? Yeah. So Specifically have, for students? Yeah. So this, the original one um, is for parents um, and kids. And it has mention of God. And the mention of God is keeping God in your heart every day. And it's more like t teaching kids that, you know, you were born for a purpose. You know, you, you are this height for a reason. You look the way you look for a reason. Every, it's reminding kids you are exactly the way you're supposed to be. You don't need to be anybody but you. Yeah. And that's how it's mentioned in this journal. But then there's a, a school edition that is secular. <laughs> same concept, except it's geared towards school. So it's teacher, student, um, and it's secular. Those two are both done. We're in about 35 schools now, um, which is exciting. And Amazing. then, yeah, yeah, it's exciting. And then the third book my sister and I are co-writing is for athletes. It's for middle school, high school athletes. Um, oh, cool. Sports is very mental. You know, I played sports my whole life. And um, a big part of my story with sports is mindset of how I got where I, I did. And it's teaching kids 
um, the power of mindset and giving them that edge because kids who get it have a total edge when it comes to sports um, and understanding failure and, and highlighting those athletes, those star athletes you see, the Michael Jordans, the LeBron James, the, you know, DeMar Kobe Bryant. Kobe Bryant. It's, it's highlighting all their failures, not their successes. So kids see, oh, wow, this is what it actually is. Yeah, it's not just a highlight reel. Not a highlight. The whole book is everything but a highlight reel. Yeah. And seeing what it really takes. No cupcake society. No everybody gets a trophy. <clears throat> you want it, this is what it takes. So how would you, if you could sum this book up to somebody, um, how would you summarize it for them? What are, what are the, the main lessons you want somebody else to take away from this? Even if it's somebody that um, maybe wasn't in the market for this book or didn't know they were in the market for this book, what, what are the main takeaways you want somebody to, to take away from this conversation from what you're sharing on your book? Yeah. So, I mean, I'll probably repeat something I already said. It's, it's that kids from zero to 10, it is the best time to pour into them the most important life lessons. I know as parents, we are so busy. We are just trying to stay afloat. But if we don't stop and pause and spend time really pouring these life lessons in, pouring in gratitude, bringing awareness to the self-talk, bringing awareness to who, making someone's day better, like teaching kids these concepts, at this young age, when they are so ready to learn, you really miss an opportunity. And I, it's not saying you can't learn it when you're older. It's just so much harder. Yes. It's so much harder. And, and this is an opportunity. It's a roadmap to connect parents. It's, I think parents, what we all have in common is we want the best for our kids. Every single one of us. We just want the best for our kids. How we do that is, is our own choice. And I look at this book as taking the guesswork out. Here it is, like five minutes, here's your lesson. You know, tell them why letting go is a gift. What did you hold on to mom that now you're like, man, I realized I was holding myself a prisoner. Once I learned to let go and breathe, life is much better, you know? So it's teaching them at that young age. You know, I do breathing with my three-year-old every day, literally, and he had, he got so angry the other day and I looked at him and I'm like, breathe. And his little, he did this like little, like, like this innocent little, and it changed his whole mood. And it was teaching him at this age, whether it's you're about to pick a fight at school one day or someone's picking on you or you are in the Super Bowl. Every one of those guys yesterday in the Super Bowl knows how to breathe. Because yeah. you, you, you know how to calm yourself because it's, it's all mental, right? And it's teaching at a young age. That is your superpower. And you're just giving them those roots. Mm -hmm. Awesome. So yeah. what are, is there anything you want to share about what you're up to these days or what aside, you just mentioned that you're working on the, uh, the sports book, but is there anything else that you want to mention, share on here uh, just to kind of profile what you're up to, the good work that you're up to and what you're sharing? Yeah. Thanks, John. Um, I think the biggest thing right now is schools, you know, where it's a kind of like a movement in school. So we're going in and um, a lot of teachers are actually, finding that this journal helps them too. Sometimes I think we forget about the teacher. We forget about the parents. Like, you know, at the end of the day, like I'll, I'll actually challenge that parents and teachers need this book more than kids. I will. I, I, I just posted something on LinkedIn today, an article I found about tips for kids. And I'm like, listen, if you're reading this, 
you're into development, you're into leadership. Um, any lesson that you think is for a kid, you could probably stand to relearn yourself 100%, 100%. And, and apply to your life. So I love that. The fact I yep. it's geared with the kids in mind, but I, I'll probably buy another one, Katie, and then fill out one for myself um, while I do that exercise it. with the boys, you know? There's a lot of parents doing it. And I think the more it's cough and talk, they're walking the walk. And I think they, it helps them too. So our biggest feedback from schools is that teachers have been, teachers are overwhelmed. I mean, as a mm. former teacher, whew, it was hard then. I don't even know what they're, how they're handling it now. It's different. Yeah. And it's helping teachers pause and practice gratitude and learn this life lesson and pay attention to their self-talk. That voice doesn't go away. And, and it's really helping them pause too. So we're going into schools. I'm going to start speaking. I have about six schools lined up to go and speak to the kids. Um, and then we have these bathroom decals. We partnered with someone that has messages. So lessons from the book um, okay. about, you know, stand up for those with no voice or, you know, power of letting it go and, you know, no one to be rude and, you know, deep, deep breaths are love notes to your body. All these lessons are now these big decals that are going on bathroom stalls as reminders for kids. So they're planting the seed in the morning and then they're seeing it throughout the day. I was just curious about the one that you said that mentioned rude. Yeah. I'm like, what? And then I, yeah. <laughs> I luckily flipped to that page. Can you just describe that, that one? So it's teaching kids, you know, I think especially daughters, but I'm going to say sons too, because we both have a son. Um, but we teach our kids to be kind, to have, be polite, to use your manners, you know, say hi to this person, look them in the eye. All of that is important. And there's mm. so many lessons on that. But it's also important to pay attention to your gut. And if mm -hmm. your kid is not feeling it with an adult at a, at a sleepover, at a event at a playground and something is their inner gps is telling them i this something feels off pull your rude card you can be rude when the situation calls for it and that's learning to pay attention to your gut in little situations like that and that is a lesson that is usually taught looking back that is a hindsight lesson that sometimes is too late and it's teaching kids now that that gut feeling you have about people and their energy is very real and you you there's a time and a place where you need to stand your ground yeah i like that we were able to tie that last one in only because i wouldn't want somebody to think that this is completely about somebody being completely open completely vulnerable like ready to be walked on at all nope i don't want anybody getting that impression so no. I, I love that uh, you happen to mention it I looked it up and then you were able to explain it because I think that a good self-care move is, okay, even if I am a servant of whatever kind and I want to put it out there for people, I want to put kindness out there, there do come moments where you do have to protect yourself. That's right. You have to avoid that toxicity and you have to pull that cord back because yep. you're, it, you're working in the wrong direction with the wrong person. Um, you can only help people so much after a certain yep. point. It's just... It's not workable. So I, I like that it also helps them set that kind of boundary for themselves. That's right. I mean, I'm raising my daughter to be kind yet fierce. Like the, mm. and, and you got to know. And I think it comes back to the whole point of this journal is having kids know who they are on the inside. And, uh, and it's how we actually started this, which is a nice full circle. The more in tune you are with who you are at the core, the more confident you are internally, 
the mm-hmm. less likely you are to succumb to peer pressure, to bullying, because you know your worth. You know, yes. bu- when people bully, that's your issue, not mine. Like yes. you got something's going on with you that you're reflecting on to me. So it actually has nothing to do with me. And when you teach yeah. kids that, they don't, they don't crumble or feel small because that they know this is your problem. And I think that, I think that was a huge God wink that we brought that up and then you turn to it to. Yeah, to, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Explain and, and, you know, end on that note. Cause I think that is super powerful. Cause I, I've had that conversation with my oldest one now. Um, somebody was giving him a hard time. Uh, they said this about me. They said that about me. I'm like, yep. what? I'm like, and it, it, it really wasn't. And I, I tell him, I'm like, dude, I'm not telling you this because I'm your dad. I swear. I'm not just saying it because I'm your dad, but you're an amazing person. You know, you love people. You love talking to people. You're friendly. Yep. You're smart. You're curious. Like don't change a fucking thing. You know what I mean? So it, it's like what you said, like, know your value, know all know those, things. those things. Those things are precious. You know, you're on this battlefield now where everybody's trying to sort through what they're going at, uh, through, yep. right? Yep. Uh, it, it, it's, it's a shit show, really, you know? Um, and you don't, you have maybe some parents that just kind of like put their kid on the school bus and that's that, like, they don't yep. ask that question. Like, I still yep. wonder you know, the answers are out there, but it's like, how the fuck do bullies still exist? Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, it, because it, it's something is going on at home. Yeah. Yeah. It, it starts at home. It does. Yeah, It always you know? does. It always does. It, it, it always, always does. starts at home. You and know, you can't like, at that age, you can't blame a kid like that just no, because, you know, no, absolutely no. So, so our number one thing that we do, instead of saying what's wrong with you, and this is a great book, by the way, to add to your collection, it's, it's not what's wrong with you because it's very easy for us to look at a bully and be like, God, what is wrong with you, kid? Mm. The question is, what happened to you? Yeah. What happened to yeah. you? Like, what happened yeah. to you at home that makes you so angry at the world? You weren't born mm. that way. That's yeah. created. No kid is born like that. And, and I think it helps, again, shift your perspective as something happened to that kid, something's going on, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to send positive vibes that way. Uh, but I'm gonna block. I'm gonna protect my joy. Like yes, you are not gonna course, get in, cool. into me. Like I understand um, what what might be happening here. I I yeah. empathize with you, but at the same yep. time, I, you're not I, you know, stealing my joy. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, okay, so I look forward to just hearing more about the work that you're doing in the schools. Um, Thanks, is there anything John. else you want to yeah. share? Anything that I might have missed? No, I think this has been great. I think at the end of the day, it's about um, us becoming the best version of us, which is what you're doing with all those books you're reading and this amazing podcast and the life you're living, you're leading from the front. And I think if we can teach our kids to be the best version of them, I mean, that's what changes the world, right? It's, you're never gonna, it's never gonna be a movement big enough to literally change the world. It just all starts with us. And mm. if people just turn inward and you just heal your own problems and fix you know, your own mentality, your own mindset, and that, that's what changes everything. It's teaching kids that at a young age so they can grow up knowing that that's their power. Katie, you're the best. That's that's amazing work. I'm excited for you just because I think it's something we really need. Um, And we see like what adults are going through now. Um, Mental health issues, you know, the challenges that they're facing. A pandemic obviously doesn't help. Um, So I think this this hits two folds on two fronts. 
where even parents can pick this up for themselves and fill it out for themselves, not just answering that parent question, but yeah. even just filling it out for themselves while also going through it with their with their kids. I yeah. want to do that. I want to buy one for myself just so I can fill oh, it out at the same time that I'm you. filling it out with him. Yeah, absolutely. Because I think it's awesome. important. I think yeah. it sets the tone and I don't want him to lose that genuine light that he has that makes him such a special boy. That's right. That's right. I love it. All right, All right Katie. Sounds, thank you so thank much you. for sitting down. Thank you. Um, and uh, Katie's book is A Simple Seed of Growth, Gratitude, and Giggles. I really appreciate your time, Katie. Thank you. Um, thank you. And then if there's anything that I might have missed in my time with Katie, we're limited on time and I can continue asking questions and finding little examples in my head that I want to bring out and ask her about. But if there's anything that I might have missed, please let me know. Reach out, email me or on YouTube, wherever you can reach me reach out and I'll send her the question and hopefully get some advice back from her or a response to whatever the question may be. In the meantime, thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. And I'll talk to you soon. Take care. Bye.